Welcome to Behind the Curtain Project. I'm your host, Kelly Voss. Together, we have a backstage pass, and we're going to take a glimpse into what is actually going on behind the curtain of people's lives. So at this point of the game, I realized the gravity of what was happening was very, very real. And the denial part had kind of diminished and anger was alive and well. And it was up to bat. Rage and anger were up to bat and they were hitting home runs out of the park because I was so furious at just The idea that this has happened the way it had happened and out of nowhere in my mind, you know, out of nowhere. And so things were just really getting crazy. We had, um, we had sold the house. I I do remember though, before we sold the house, we had Christmas together in 2015. You came home for Christmas that year in the midst of all this, you know, shit storm. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, that was like what, so everything happened August, September, October, November, so four months. <laughs> and yeah. I come home four months later for two weeks. And I think you were living with Melissa, but the house was still there. And it was like, everything was normal. It was just so weird. You know, you guys were laughing and picking at each other. And we went to grandma's house and you came over there to his family's house. And he came over to your family's house for Christmas is like everything was like as is and you know you spent the night Christmas Eve and that was so weird the fact that you were spending the night at this house and it just was like that was definitely my glimpse into the denial side of your experience yeah. and then of when I came back in May that was when I feel like your anger was up to bat but it was it was just so strange I do remember him telling me that he had started to see somebody but she had approached him after he decided to leave you. So that was really awkward for me to think that there was already somebody else there. And I think he's still with her, same girl. And I had no clue about that at that time in December. I'm clueless about the fact that he's met anybody. We went to the shooting range that day. That was like, we got in the car, we hadn't even left the neighborhood. And he told me, he wanted me to know that he was seeing somebody. And it was like uh, stepping into the twilight zone, you know, for that segment of things. And then I went back to Texas. And when I come back in May, this is when I clearly your anger was most definitely up to bat. (laughs) The denial was gone. This was real. This was a real thing. Oh, yeah. (laughs) And I think at that point, you knew about her at that point. I did know about her because in 2016, uh, May, it was when I I bought my house. I had purchased, I had to get, I mean, I had been living with, with Melissa for I don't know, what was it, eight months, something crazy like that. And so I didn't have a home any longer and I knew I needed to live somewhere. So I started to look for houses and I closed on my house on May 12th of 2016, which was our, would have been our 28th wedding anniversary. 29th? 27th, 28th. I don't know. I forgot the math at this point. 88 to the 2016. Gosh, I'm terrible at math too. I mean, I it's semantics, but let me 28. <laughs> so let's yeah, that back. That, so on our 28th wedding anniversary, I'm purchasing a house. And just FYI, we're still not even divorced. 
So, but this is also right around the time that I'm now learning for the very first time about the girl. And stories begin to trickle in about her and the little trips that they've taken together. And, and I had noticed at some point I had an access to his Amazon that there were gifts and stuff on there. I assume maybe they were for you guys, but then I realized quickly that they were probably for her based on what they were, because it wasn't stuff that you girls would have liked. And so that made me more enraged. And so just, I was furious. I became probably the most angry, horrible version of myself that I have ever been. I didn't even know that kind of anger and rage and hatred could live inside a person. But yet there it was. And Annabelle decided to move in with me. And and Drew was shocked about that because he thought for sure Annabelle would want to come live with him, but she didn't. She wanted to come live with me. And so I remember we got moved in here and Annabelle started to have extreme panic attacks. She was having a lot of emotional problems. We went in and out of the hospital because she was having infections in her body. I was taking her back and forth to the doctors to try to find out what was wrong with her. And here in the in the midst of all this, I am consumed in my anger and I have like no capacity to even t- take care of or help her. And then out of the clear blue sky, <laughs> you have a tragic situation. Yeah. yeah, that was in March 2016. So you bought your house in May of 2016. My big event was in March where I almost lost my life. So I'm in turmoil. You're in turmoil. Annabelle's in turmoil. I remember Austin calling me because I thought I was going to stay in Texas after everything that happened with me. But Austin kept calling me and telling me, mom and Annabelle need you. You guys are all three going through something right now and you girls need to be together. So he was really the um, voice that brought me home. And I moved in with you guys, May 18th is when Annabelle graduated. I think I, I got in that night around 4 a.m. We got up the next morning and went and watched her across the stage. Yeah. Okay. I mean, this is why I'm so happy you're here because you're helping me remember all these, the details and how things, you know, kind of went down because it, it's quite a, a blur for me. Yeah. So at this point, you begin t- to witness, you know, the demise. And I'm in this house. I don't like this house. It's just a place for me to come and sleep. It doesn't feel like home. My home was is gone. You know, I, I just don't have the capacity to to manage. And I haven't even talked about work because work is now completely gone. My dream of my team was flushed down the toilet. My assistant basically quit, you know, because she was carrying the workload. I think you had tried to step in a little bit to help me out at times just to show your face at the office and do do some paperwork and help pick up slack. Just to show up. I think you really just needed me there to show up and 
unlock the space, <laughs> turn the computer yeah. on and be representing, you know, the Voss home group, because that was something that you had just made that huge investment in less than a year prior. And you had this whole new office space that you had redone. So, and, I, and again, I needed to present myself on my stage yes. that I was okay and yes. that everything was well. And no one, I didn't want anybody to know what was going on behind my curtains because it was embarrassing. It was humiliating. It was shameful. All these feelings of just failure that I, I couldn't face and I didn't want anybody to know about. So that was happening. And I just remember feeling more and more bitter and more and more anger. And as that revved up, my drinking revved up. <laughs> and I think you can attest to the fact that I was in a bad, bad, bad place. Oh, absolutely. I mean, your decision making was terrible. For example, you went to Ashley Furniture when you bought your house and walked in the very, very first set living room set that was right there at the entrance. You're like, that one will do. And it was like the most uncomfortable <laughs> set of couches and chairs ever. It was like cardboard. And I was like, why did she pick these? And you just yeah. didn't care. You just... No, Nothing that used to be important to you. There was no value behind any of that because that you were really in a state of loss. I mean, that was when you were upset. It was like, I just lost so much. And that was really your main train of thought was just being so angry over what had been taken from you. So yeah, yes. decision making was not the best. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it was, it was really reckless. And I did a lot of reckless things in that, in that time frame. And just, I, I raged a lot. And I remember us girls kind of, you know, getting into it quite a bit. And it was, it was a lot of tension here amongst oh, just the gosh. three of us. All the time. We were three messes that were just <laughs> angry. We were territorial. I was talking to Rich about it. I used to write my name on the eggs and on the peanut butter because we were like resource guarding. We were yeah. all so broke that we were very territorial over, over our like prized resources. Mm -hmm. You know, me, it was eggs. You, it was like, <laughs> it was like bagel thins, you know, like. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever then, it was. And then yeah. Annabelle was just like, I'm a child. You guys better feed me. You know, it was just so tough. And we were all so angry just because we're all dealing with our own things. We had my tragic thing. You had your tragic thing. Annabelle, she was in love and he's going off to the army and they had their share of things that they were going through and she needed that attention and support. But I wanted my attention and support and you wanted your attention and support. So it was really hard because we were all competing, but yet our, you know, Austin and everyone around us is telling us, you girls need each other. <laughs> you girls have to <laughs> band together. So we tried, but we screamed a lot. There was a lot of, yeah. a lot of screaming. It, it was it was a lot of emotional distress. And it, I absolutely had zero capacity to help either one of you. And so as a mom to be, you know, in a situation where you were in desperate need of, of heal, healing and help from what you had just encountered and been through. And then Annabelle to be this young, you know, newly graduating woman, you know, needing support and love. And then let's not forget Austin, who's in college and poor guy, you know, he's just out there trying to do his best and make good grades. It's like he kind of got lost in the mix. And 
you know, the squeaky wheel gets the oil and he wasn't squeaking. And so uh, God bless him. I just have so much respect and love for him. But us girls were, we were a hot mess. And, you know, when, when I think back on those times, it made me even more angry to know that your dad had ultimately bought a house in Greenville. Which you helped him buy. Yes, I did. (laughs) (laughs) I was his real estate agent and I was a mean real estate agent to him too. I was so mean. I was so mean to him. I was like, well, you saw that room click, turn the light off. And I I was, he was like, you know, you, you still have to represent me. And I was like, nope, you already seen it. Let's go. (laughs) Yeah. But he ended up buying his house in Greenville. And of course that was months prior at this point. My point is, is he was just kind of living this little dream world. You know, he was floating around with his girlfriend. They were having little trips. They were, they had no, they had no worries in the world. They were not dealing with anything like what we were dealing with. He didn't have sick Annabelle in her bed every single day, crying and meltdown and so depressed that we had her in and out of doctors with different medications. It was horrible. This episode of Behind the Curtain Project is sponsored by the Voss Home Group at Keller Williams Connected. Here at the Voss Home Group, we've been serving the Carolinas and beyond for close to 20 years. Our mission is to bring buyers and sellers together in a win-win situation for all. At the heart of the Voss Home Group, relationship, respect, and reliability is who we are. We are also amongst the world's largest referral platform, What that means to you is the Voss Home Group can help you with all your real estate needs, no matter where you live, from north to south or east to west. Let us be your resource in connecting you with the very best agents in your community. Find out more information below. We look forward to connecting with you. With you and you began to drink. Oh, God. Yeah. I medicated right there alongside you. Absolutely. We we did. I mean, we were like we bellied up to the bar together. And so we just oh, yeah, it was just an insane time, even more of a spiral at this point. And I had lost my office space. I had given up my office space at at Keller Williams. I'm sure you remember. But, you know, when I went into Keller Williams and I was so excited when I got my very own office space. I hung chandeliers. Yes. I bought the most beautiful furniture. I mean, it, it was just such an exciting time of my life. And I felt so empowered to have all those things happen. And then for the rug to be ripped out. And, you know, six months later, I've just lost it all. And so I had just lost the loss was the loss was the worst. It wasn't even about losing him anymore. It was now the loss of just everything in my life. It was the loss of the holidays, the memories, the family. You know, we were now no longer, you know, going to grandma's for Sunday lunch or getting together for cousins and nephews birthday parties and it was just completely like just broken there was no weaning of it it was just over and that was just so hard for me to take i couldn't understand it i couldn't swallow that pill it was just too hard and so yeah the loss was just building up and that was creating even more and more and more sadness in my life and i really became 
just numb and I started to not care anymore. And I started to feel almost robotic. I didn't care about the house. I didn't care about, you know, the things that I used would normally care about. Even my appearance, you know, I think at that point took a a hit. I just, I just quit caring. And so things for me began to, you know, really hit home because it was like August and, and now here we are an entire year into this thing. And I realized that the holidays are fast approaching and I'm now wondering, okay, last year we played pretend and we were all together and we made it through, but there's absolutely no way this is happening at this point. Like there's no pretending. We, we're not going to be able to go to the childhood home and have Christmas together. And I'm not going to get to go to his family and he's not coming to my family. And so the gravity of all that is is really starting to set in and I begin to get wicked depressed. And I remember having conversations with him like, well, what are we going to do? And how are we going to handle this? And how is that going to look? And, you know, he his answer was always, you know, we'll figure it out. And he never had an answer. It was just whatever, you know, we'll he'll figure it out. And so that was a really tough, tough, tough time as, as I was entering into the holidays and, and knowing how everybody knows me, how special and important the holidays are, you know, for me because I'm a fall baby and, you know, so many things start happening right, you know, in the fall. We we plan the big Halloween party. And, and then right after that, I always had my week mountain trip for my birthday where the whole family came together. We would rent a big mountain house and spend it up there in Blowing Rock and going to the Biltmore and having bonfires. And none of this is happening this year, you know, and I'm just, I'm feeling devastated and just depressed and in and, and Christmas, how is that going to look? You know, it, it just, none of it could quite make sense to me. And I, I couldn't wrap my mind around how I was going to even survive it. And so that, that I think at this point, rage and anger had just turned to utter hopelessness and depression. And I gave up. I just really, really gave up. And I went out one night and I don't, I don't know what happened. I don't remember quite what snapped. It may have just been something that I was feeling um, in particular of, you know, super sadness. Who, who knows how I was feeling, but I do know that I just didn't, I didn't want to feel this pain anymore. I was so broken that it hurt to breathe. I mean, it was a struggle to breathe and um, I couldn't face another day. I just didn't want to. There was, there was no point for me to face another day. And I mean, it just remembering the heaviness of how that felt is it's, it's a horrible feeling. It's a horrible place to be. And so I came home one evening. I had been out, I'm sure drinking and I came in the door. It was probably super late. I believe you let me in that I night. Yeah, I think that was what was strange is I don't think you had a key and I had to let you in. And I opened the door and you just 
had your head down. You didn't say anything to me. Your bedroom door is directly next to the front door. So, I mean, you just took a sharp L turned into your room and shut the door and mm-hmm. didn't say a single word at all. So I knew you were sad. Yeah. I came home that night knowing that I was, I just was done. Um, I didn't want to have to feel anymore. I didn't want to have to face anymore. I couldn't handle the, just the, the disappointment and the heartbreak. It was just literally that, that painful. And also, you know, at that time, I, I felt like I had a lot of blame going on that, you know, the fingers were pointing at me of the, of why this all failed and all fell apart. And because I was so angry and I was all this and everybody was mad at me and it was all my fault. I was just so done. And I came home and I, I wrote a note and, and then I ingested an entire bottle of pills. I wrote it for you really to find. I wanted you to find it because I felt like you were the one that was going to be able to take over things and kind of keep the family going of, of sorts. And I needed to express and just let everybody know how I felt because I, I didn't feel at that time that anybody really truly understood the depth of my pain and, and my heartache and my brokenness. And I think everybody just thought I was just this angry person, but really and truly I was just this devastated broken girl who was abandoned and I didn't know what to do with it anymore. And I didn't know how to survive it. And so I'll read the letter. I wrote goodbye, cruel world. Life is too painful to continue. I don't know that I can take another day, week, month, or year of what I've went through. This world sucks. It's cold, heartless, and jammed full of pain. Drew, you should have put a bullet in my head. It would have been way less painful than the destruction you left me with. You were never the man I thought you were. You're a coward who, instead of caring for me and the family, you ran. I have zero respect for you, and I hope you rot in hell. To my kids, I did the best I knew how. Somehow I felt it wasn't good enough. Again, I just fucked up on being a mom, but please know that I loved you all the best that I could into the core of my soul. The pain I'm in right now is crippling and I don't see any way out of it. Apparently, I've put everybody else in pain too. I know you all will do well in life. Please forgive me for leaving. Days of suffocating fear and brokenness has just taken its toll over my whole mind and body. I love you all. Amanda, please take care of my affairs. I have some money coming in from a closing. It's not much, but something to keep things going for a while. To my family and close friends, I love you all. Sorry I was not the best daughter, sister, friend, or aunt, but I did my best while trying to work myself to death for my family and the coward I married who used me up and then ran away. He will pay for what he did for me in the long run. I blame him completely for lying and being the godless man to his family. And then I wrote some not so nice things about him and his girlfriend. I won't share that part. I finish it with, I can't risk failing anyone else. The pain is too much to take. I hope I'm forgiving for any hurt that I leave behind. 
please know the pain I'm carrying is crippling my life and it's falling apart before my eyes. I cannot go on. I love you all. <sighs> that's a, it's really that's hard a heavy, hear. that's a sad, sad girl. It's really hard to hear. But I wrote that. I took my bottle of pills and I went to bed. Take a bow. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Behind the Curtain Project. 